this is part two of our, the topic is our heart and the stuff. I'm going to give a recap, a short recap of what we covered um, the week before. We were talking about Solomon, who was chosen to be king and charged with building and dedicating the temple of the Lord. This was his assignment, his purpose, God chose him. And it's really interesting in those scriptures, the Lord was very clear to David that you are not going to build this temple. You're a man of war. I don't want you building this temple. He was very specific. He said, your son, Solomon, he's the one I'm going to charge with building that temple. So that's really interesting that the Lord is very specific about who he wants to do what and when. You read these things and people just gloss it over. But the Lord is very specific. And I think that's why it talks about the body of Christ. And each one has a gift. So we have to be very specific about what we are doing. And make sure it's what we are called to do. Because this is a calling on his life. And David had his own calling. So David charged him or told him. Couple of things his father told him. He said, Seek God and obey him. Serve the Lord with a loyal heart and a willing mind. With a loyal heart and a willing mind. And when I read that, I, it took me right back to Deuteronomy, I think it was 28. When the Lord told, talked about the blessings and the cursing. And he said, If you, if when you serve me, you gotta serve me with a willing heart. So you just don't serve God grudgingly. You have to be you have to be committed. But I think a lot of reasons why people don't serve God willingly because they are serving Him in the capacity where He never called them to serve. And you're doing it out of your own strength. And you're not doing it through or by grace. Because God equips you with the power to do what He's called you to do. You know, it's amazing when, when I read that scripture. A loyal heart committed to him and a willing mind. He said, seek him and you will find him. He didn't say seek him and you might find him. He said, if you seek him, he didn't say if, he said, seek him and you will find him. And Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. The understanding is there, when you seek, you will find. What did Jesus say? Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So if you're seeking, you will find. God will make sure you find it. Solomon could not serve God off of his father's relationship. He had to develop his own relationship with with the Lord. That's why David told him, seek him and obey him. Seek him and you'll find him. Serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. So your children or your brothers or sisters... We, they can't live off of your relationship with God and we can't live off of our relationship with God off of the relationship of our parents. We have to develop our own relationship. Husband and wife, can't, we can't serve God off our, our relationship even though our relationship, how we treat each other is a testimony. But we individually have to have our own relationship with the Lord. Amen. So we talked about God's presence at the temple dedication. Which was evident because when Solomon was finished praying, because Solomon prayed a specific prayer, fire came down from heaven, consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of God filled the temple. The smoke was so thick 
I mean, there was no doubt that the God was there. I mean, the, the, the sacrifices, everything was burnt up. And the glory of God just filled that temple. What did the Lord say? He said, He said, This temple, and I'm saying what was important is what God said to Solomon personally about the temple. Because God was backing up what He had told Solomon. He said, I have heard your prayer, Solomon, and I have chosen this place for myself. He's talking about the temple. As a house of sacrifice. He said, my eyes will be open and ears attentive to prayer made in this place. I have chosen and sanctified this house. I mean, I read that and I took it to the New Testament. It blew my mind. Because what is the house? What is the temple the Lord is referring to in the New Testament? Our bodies. And it's sanctified in Christ. And when we pray with clean hearts and clean heart and clean hands, he said, he, I hear that prayer. Because this body is sanctified for me. And I'm attentive to prayers that come out from this temple. Glory to God. I mean, it blessed me when I was, when I was doing, reading this. Because you take, you get the relationship. God don't care about, God really don't care about that temple. He only cares about the temple if the people's hearts are right. But if the hearts aren't right, He don't care about the temple. And it's evident because the temple was destroyed. Because the people strayed from God. It's nice to have the temple. He said, I'll hear your prayer. I'll sanctify this house. But he also warned, he told Solomon later, you have to keep serving me. And you saw what happened to Solomon. He got, it got twisted. This, and the temple was destroyed. God don't care about the stuff. He cares about our heart. He cares about this temple. What's happening in this temple? What are we doing? What's coming out of our mouth? Are we fulfilling our purpose? Are we doing what we are called to do? So I said, the temple only matters if the king and the people serve the Lord. If their hearts were upright before the Lord. And we saw what, and we saw what happened over, over time. The Lord is not afraid to turn everything upside down in our lives. He will do it if our hearts aren't right. He will turn everything upside down. And it's painful. So I'm continuing today with the heart and the stuff. And I didn't define the stuff the last time. But the stuff is anything that will deter or distract us from being loyal to the Lord and serving Him willingly. Stuff. It's just stuff. Anything. Anything that's going to deter us or distract us from being loyal to the Lord and serving Him. Willingly. And that's the other caveat. It's not just serving Him, but serving Him <coughs> willingly. With a glad heart. I'm like an open book sometimes. Some people say, uh, what's wrong with you? I say, what do you mean what's wrong? You're not, I could, you're not happy. I can see it all over your face. Sometimes I, I just have this face. Doesn't mean I'm upset. I just have this face. But I am a person, I, you see my face, I... That's it. I, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I can't hide it. I'm like my mother. Alright? What you see is, is what you get. I think this message is going to be kind of personal. And I, tr you know what? I just let the Lord lead me and, and do what I have to do. Amen. Because God is a relational God. You know, some people, some preachers probably don't like to share their, their heart, stuff they're going through. 
But I know, I know my God is very relational. He's very personal. Okay? So the events of these past few weeks, and I was actually listening to a message that I, an awesome God, that I preached about a month ago. I had, I had to go and re-edit it, and I was saying some of the same things I'm going to say now. So it's not only the past few weeks, it's probably the past couple months. And you know what? It's not just past couple months. Since this ministry started, it's been one, one event after the next. So anyhow, so the, especially these past few weeks had me contemplating the condition of my heart and my relationship to God. Really. It's difficult, especially when you see someone you love dearly going through extremely challenging circumstances over time. And when you thought it was over, it's behind you, unexpectedly a setback which truly tested my faith. I mean, it really tested my faith. You know, you preach and you you talk and you... You know, there are things you go through and you overcome. But there are some things that are so close to your heart that hit you that you, you don't expect it. And it really knocks you for a loop. And you, my faith was really put to the test. The roller coaster emotions and thoughts were trying to overwhelm me. I mean, the darts, the darted questions and thoughts can be vicious trying to take you into some dark places. I don't know if you all can relate to what I'm saying. Amen. I mean, it was t- trying to take me into some places that I've never, you know, never wouldn't think about. Or haven't thought about since 2007. Yeah, I can, I can go back to there and tell you. Because that was a life-changing time for me. But it's taking me some places. And I have to like, and the, and the dotted questions, it's like, is he even listening to you? Why are you wasting your time? You can't even pray right. Why are you going through this? Why are we going through this? Somebody messed up and should pay for this. This is ridiculous. Having to suffer through this again. My God, the financial strain of having to go through this. How much can we endure? Lord, do something. These attacks are relentless. They are non-stop. I mean, these are things going through my mind. Boom, 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 boom. One right after the other. Confusion, chaos in my, going on in my mind. Truly the attacks over time are to wear us down. And eventually the enemy is going to come with a knockout blow. When you're fighting an enemy, when you're in a battle, that's what happens. The strategy, divide and conquer. The strategy is to wear you down and eventually they come in for the kill. That is it. That's how it works. So then we got to pay attention, Lord. Because that's where the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. And as my mind quieted down, because you got to get to a place where the Holy Spirit kind of like can take you and recenter you and you quiet, try and quiet your mind. Because he can't talk to you when there's chaos, a lot of chaos. You can't hear him. So you gotta, I got to a point where I quiet my mind. And this scripture came to my mind after praying all kinds of prayers and singing to the Lord. Eventually, that's what started happening. Started praying in the Spirit. Praying in my understanding. Singing to the Lord. Sent you guys texts to pray. I mean, when I send these texts, all this stuff is going on in my head. 
I realize my weakness and utter dependence on the Lord in all circumstances. Not in just that circumstance. In all circumstances. How weak I am and inadequate I am. And how utterly dependent I am on the Lord. Because in my strength, in my own strength, I was, a, I was cooked. But for the grace of God. So when we're singing that song for every mountain. I mean I just wasn't mouthing those words. Because he brought me over. Brought me through some stuff. Brought us through some stuff. So when they say for waking me up this morning. That's why I praise you. For taking me on my way. That's why I praise you. You are my provider Lord. That's why I praise you. For this, I give you praise. For every mountain, you brought me over. Every trial, you see me through. Every blessing, I say, Hallelujah, Lord. For this, I give you praise. For you alone are worthy. There is no God besides you. I mean, He's taken me up to a place where I realize how weak I am. And how I need His grace and His compassion and His mercy when I miss it. When I mess up, His grace is more than enough. His compassion that He lavishes upon me. I don't deserve it. That's when I realize how much He loves me. And there's nothing He will not do. But what is my, what is my part in all of this? To make sure that my heart is clean and, and to trust Him. Because the word of God said, they that trust Him will never be ashamed. He is our salvation. Yes, yeah, so I realize my weakness and my utter dependence. Yeah, there are times we feel that we are strong. We feel that we can, we can conquer. We feel that we can overcome. But I'm telling you, there are times, you know, when, when you are in those situations and you feel strong in the Lord, humble yourself. Because we are not always at that level of strength. There are times when we are weak. And we are under attack. And we mess up. But you know. Whether you are strong or you are weak. Walk in humility. Realizing that we are utterly dependent on the Lord. Let's go to Psalm 139. So this is the scripture I was referring to. That came to mind. After all the different types of prayers on singing to the Lord. This scripture, part of it came to me and I looked it up. And this is, this is the scriptures here. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. And when I read it, I said, oh my God, Lord. This is what's going on here. Are you there? It says, search me, O God. And know my heart. Try me. And know my anxieties. And see if there is any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. Listen, when you pray that kind of prayer from your heart. You hear, you hear what we are saying here. Search me, O God. Know my heart. You, you invited him to do this. Try me and know my anxieties. That is, do you understand what you are asking the Lord to do? The scripture truly reflects the events. The Lord searched my heart, searching our hearts. 
and know our shortcomings because he will, he knows our heart he knows what how we are composed he knows our strengths and our weaknesses so we ask him say search me oh god know my heart so he he already knows before we know our shortcomings and there are things we are aware of and there are things we are absolutely unaware of and he searches our hearts and he knows it before we know it. And then it says, try me and know my anxieties. Well, guess what? How are you going to get tried? How are you going to get... When you say try me, you say, Lord, put me to the test. That's what you're saying. Put me to the test. And know my anxieties. He knows our anxieties. We don't know it. When He puts us to the, to the test, that's when we realize what our anxieties are. Our fears, our concerns. That's when we find out. He already knows. But he's putting it to us to the test. So that we, it can be revealed to us our shortcomings. Amen. So when you pray in that prayer. You say Lord put me to the test. And he's going to do it. And you know something. Whether you pray it or not. If you go to the New Testament. Why are we in Christ? We are being conformed to the image of His Son. So He is going to try us. He is going to search our hearts. And He's going to put us to the test. Why? Because we have to be conformed into the image of His Son. So whether you pray it or not, it's going to happen. Why? Because there is something that He is trying to do in our lives. And He's going to do it. And it is painful. It is painful. Amen. It, is, it ain't easy. Some are, some are more painful than others. But the potter, when he starts chipping away at the clay and shaping it, but we are the clay. He's the potter. When he starts shaping us, it's a, oh Lord, why Lord? This is too hard Lord. I can't take it Lord. Why? Because he is shaping us, conforming us. He search our hearts. And he's trying us, knowing our, and we know, exposing our fears and our anxieties. And the Bible says, who the Lord loves, he chastens. Lord, you love me so much. Why are you putting me through this stuff? Why are you putting me through it? Is this your love? This? Yes, that's his love. Why? Because there's something in us he's trying to pull out. And there's something he's trying to put in. So when he's done, we look like his son. Amen. The trials are to reveal our wicked ways that we have in our heart. If any of us think we don't have any wicked ways, we are lying. We are lying. There is always something. Somebody has, everyone has a little button somewhere where the enemy can push and it was, you will see things that you would say and do that you never ever thought in your life you would say and do. We don't have it together. That's why the Lord has been showing me a lot about walking in compassion. Showing mercy and showing compassion to believers especially. Forget the world. The world, you have to have compassion for them because they are lost. But believers, don't be quick to judge your brothers or your sisters. Because they are going through trials just as we are going through trials. And those of us who think we all got it together, ah, we don't. Because there is a button, there is things in us that the Lord allows the right trial 
you would see things coming out and manifesting from our hearts that we never knew were there. And I've seen it. And when you see it and the Lord shows you what's there, you say, Lord, how could you love me? How could you love me? But see, then you understand His grace and His compassion and His mercy. So the trials, these are, you know, we can't be ignorant of what's in our hearts. And I know many of us, we, we, we fail to, to acknowledge and own up to when we, when we are weak. And that's the worst thing. When the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about yourself, own up to it. Own up to it. Say, Lord, yeah, I didn't know that was there, but it's there. Help me, Lord. Help me. So we can't be ignorant. The Lord, when the Holy Spirit reveals something to you about yourself... Don't be ignorant. Don't put your head in the sand. Because these things left unchecked will derail our relationship with the Lord. And what He wants to accomplish in this life through us. Own up to it. Because the trial, the testing is going to come. And how you respond is, 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 is going to be a testimony of your relationship. It's not only about you. It's about your, your, your wife, your husband, your kids. It's going to affect all the people... That, that in your sphere of influence. When you come under attack, it's never about only, it's not only about you, it's about everyone who's associated with you. It's to take out not you alone, your whole family. That's what it's about. So we, that's why the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard it, especially in these days, we got to guard our heart. Why would the Lord want to put us through such agony at times? It's, when somebody close to you is going through stuff and you're praying, oh God, and, and you, you're binding, you're loosing, and, and like nothing's happening. Say, Lord, why are you putting, me through, through, putting us through all this agony? Because it's agonizing. When somebody so close to you is, is in pain and going through all this drama, it's agonizing. You say, Lord... Do you really even care about us? Do you really love us? This all is hurt and suffering. Why? The answer is yes. In the midst of the pain. The answer is yes, He loves us. In the midst of the suffering. In the midst of the agony. The answer is yes, He loves us. Anxiety and unrighteous ways are attributes whereby our enemy can capitalize on our weaknesses and put us in bondage. But the Lord doesn't want any of His children in bondage. None of it. So He will expose the weaknesses. He'll expose the wicked ways. Whatever it is in you, He's going to expose it. But don't get mad at Him. Because we don't want to be a bastard. He said, if you, if you endure chasing like a good son, like a good son, <laughs> like a good son endure chastening because if you endure it you're not a bastard you're a son but if you keep rebelling and fighting when he's putting you through stuff what kind of son is that? you're rebellious because the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose the first thing you ask, I ask myself Lord am I in your will? 
Because all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. It doesn't stop there. And who are called according to his purpose. David had his purpose. Solomon had his purpose. Jesus had his purpose. Paul had his purpose. Peter had his They all had their function and purpose. And they were walking in it. So if you are walking according to his will, all things work together for good. For you. Amen. The Lord does not want us to be anxious about anything. Oh my goodness. When I, you read the scripture here. Try me and know my anxieties. We're not supposed to be anxious people. Biting our nails. Worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow or the next minute. We're supposed to be at peace. He had called us to peace. He doesn't want us to be anxious about anything. That's why we... He, when you say try me. What it is that has me sleeping, can't sleep at night? What has me worried? Well, you know, son, we got to deal with that. we got to deal with that. So he's going to try us. Nothing, he doesn't want us to be anxious about anything. Because we can be, we, we can be compromised by it. Cause us to walk in unrighteousness before him. When we are worried and anxious, the enemy can use others to have power over us. Because we can be compromised. Due to our anxieties and our fears. Amen. When we say that we love the Lord, the trials, you know, when we say we love the Lord, the, the trials we go through is to test us as I slay, as I said, and put us on display. It's not only testing us, it's putting us on display. You understand that? When you go through it, you're not going through it in a vacuum. You might think it's a vacuum because it's in your house and you're not you're not telling your brother or sister. You're just in there with your wife and your kids. But it's not in a vacuum. Because your wife and your kids are... I'm just saying, if, if it's a husband, they are watching how you are dealing with it. The kids are watching how mom and dad are dealing with the drama. It's not happening in a vacuum. You might think it's in a vacuum, but it's not. Because the kids are watching. The angels are watching. The little imps are watching how you react. They're watching. Yeah, so, it's, so it's, it's not only to put us to the test, and we are also on display. How do we respond to trials, especially when they are sudden and personal? Do we lash out, or do we run to the Lord? So the thoughts, the fiery darts that were coming, if I didn't get my head on right, I would be lashing out. And thank God for my wife. I mean, this woman was... I got to a point I couldn't pray. And then this stuff just coming out of her prayer. I said, Lord, thank you for her. As the word of God says in the book of Revelation, and I said earlier, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. So there's no testimony without trust. If you want to, if you want to be in Christ, and if you want to have your inheritance, you can't talk your way out of this. Because we have to be conformed and shaped and changed into the image of Christ. That's just the way God ordained it. When we acknowledge our anxieties, doubts, and unrighteous ways as they are revealed to us in the trial, repent of them. And decide to submit to the Lord. He then leads us, 
that we walk in the light. Because it says here, see if there's any wicked way in us. In any way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So when the Lord reveals what's in your heart, you have to choose now to submit to His Word and the Spirit. And when you do that, you're walking in the light. You're being led in the way everlasting. <laughs> Glory to God. The experience is not easy. It is painful. It is agonizing. But if you hold on to the Lord and trust Him with all your heart, He will never disappoint us. So what do we do when we are under pressure? Sometimes we may do things that we never thought we would do. In some instances, we glorify God. And in some instances, our weaknesses are there to be seen. By how we act out because of our anxieties. Doubts, frustrations. Knowing this, we must walk in humility. Show compassion to others. Because others in the faith are going through similar trials and struggles. Don't be quick to judge your brother or your sister. Don't be quick to judge your husband, your wife or your husband. Have compassion. Be patient. We truly have to pray for one another. I mean, the Bible says pray one for another, but we really have to pray for one another. Edify one another. We have to edify one another. We have to help each other. With each person's burden. We have to help each person with their burden. We have this race to run to the end. Let us lay aside anything that can hinder us from completing our race. We have to help each other finish the race. It's not about, I am finishing the race on my own. To hell with everybody else. No, you've got to help your brother fulfill, finish their race. How do you do that? Edifying. Helping. We got to help each other. Jesus was our example of how we, our hearts should be. He was committed to the Father. He served Him loyally and willingly. The Father searched Him. Yes, the Father searched His heart. And knew His heart. And was extremely pleased with the Son. Why? Because the Son only did the will of the Father. And never succumbed to the stuff. I need to repeat that. Jesus was always committed to the Father. Even as a teenager, he said, Am I not about to be about my Father's business? Committed to the Father. Serving Him willingly. Not he just, he wasn't only loyal to the Father. He served Him willingly. He went to the cross willingly. Everything He did, willingly. He was a living sacrifice. That's what a living sacrifice is. Submitting to God willingly to allow God to express Himself through us. That's what it's about. He was loyal, willing. The Father searched Him, knew His heart, and was extremely pleased with Him. Why was the Father pleased with Him? Because I, he, Jesus said, I always do those things that please the Father. That's how I know the Father loves me, because I always do those things that please Him. Can we say that? Can we say that with confidence? That we always do those things that please the Father? Selah. The heart and the stuff. What's the condition of our heart? Ponder. Think about it. I can't do it for you. But we can help each other. Be the people God has called us to be.